is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 2, season 26. Yes, we're back with episode 2. Um, a couple of things this week. Um, we are... There's myself, there's Trevor Agenu with a bit of a hangover. Hello, Trevor Agenu. Hello, no hangover at all. What's, what are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> Fighting fit. We'll talk about that in a second. And we've got <laughs> we, and we've got my mate Ryan Champion. Hello, Ryan Champion. It's amazing how somebody can come round in a space of one minute. Isn't That's a it? pro, hey, isn't hey? it? The pro came out there, didn't it? Hey, bear in mind, like it was just all late night radio husky voice, and then all of a sudden. Trev comes to life. It's it's like it's like he does this more often than than we think, Tony. Do you think so? Do you think? So? I don't know. I think it's just a rumor, but um, Trev, um, I had a very sedate, a little bit of work over the weekend. Um, me and Johnny playing on bikes, that type of thing. Uh, I'm sure Ryan had a similar type of 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 kind of that type of thing over the weekend. What were you doing over the weekend, Trev? <laughs> Yeah, we were in deja vu. We uh, rolled back the years in Trillian, County Kerry in Ireland. Uh, what a fantastic event. Brilliant, brilliant cars, fantastic scenery. The weather was perfect. And it was just one of the best events and all for charity. And the numbers were incredible. You know, it's just brilliant. Organised, of course, as usual, by Plum Tyndall and Dr. Beatty Crawford, with the help of Kerry Motor Club, in particular Sean Moriarty, and everything just ran absolutely brilliantly. It was just a cracking event. And what was your little bum sat in? <laughs> hey, it was in, uh, well, <laughs> two things, really. <laughs> um, one was the motorhome that we used, was actually a GMC, uh, six-wheeler American thing, seven and a half litres. Wait, that was cheap. That's cheap to run. Footprint of that, no. Yeah, wow. What was the carbon, what was the carbon what, offset for that event? Well, it cost 260 euros to fill it when we got to Trilly. Um, and on the back of it, we had a Peugeot 205 Rally, which was originally a Peugeot Talbot sport car, and then owned by one Richard Burns. And I think eventually got in Kev Ferber's horns. I think that's the pedigree. So it has a works number on it, and I'm sure... Uh, Ryan's probably seen it in the boat on his travels. I know that car. I seem yeah. to, yeah. I, I didn't, is that the car? I seem to remember, I think Mark Higgins drove it on something, a really small car. It was like Buethwell Showground stages or something, and won it overall or something like that. Have I got that right? Right, or am I imagining I that? I think that's the, car that, that's the car that Kevin has now. Oh, is it? Um, right, okay. So this, yeah, the, the car that Trev was, I think it was the Recky car, wasn't it, Trev? Yeah, so, it was. In, in, Back in uh, back in the back in the day, if we like, so when would it be? Eighty nine. Uh, Simon Davison drove the factory one point three two or five rally in the British Championship and the RAC. And and for anybody who follows Kevin Kevin Ferber on social media, hello Kevin, if you're listening, Kevin uh, often features this car and featured it at the weekend and did a full walk around of the rally car at the weekend. And it, because Kevin then subsequently drove it after Simon, and the car that Trevor was in was the recce car. There you go. There you go. So, Trev, it was it was quite literally the sublime to the ridiculous because I think Craig it was Craig Breen in a World Rally car. In the he was using yeah. the right hand drive Focus and one of his dads, I'm sure, and also alongside him was Patrick Crook, uh, which was fantastic to see Patrick out in the rally again and uh, absolutely enjoying the fun. Um, they're big buddies, of course, and uh, yeah, it was good to see Patrick there. Just just explain to you. Did, 
But, sorry, just to put in, did anybody see the uh, Marcus Gronn and Craig Bean interview in Portugal? Yes. <laughs> Which I guess features that car we're talking about. I guess um, you didn't see that, Trev. I didn't see um, so, <laughs> no. So I assume it's that car because because as Marcus Gronholm was interviewing Craig Breen, Craig yeah. Breen said, my dad owns the last factory focus that you won a world championship rally in. I'll do you a good deal on it if you want. Yeah, I, I, I did actually hear, now that you mentioned it, it was an ex Gronholm car and there's absolutely no way Craig Breen's going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He was actually got it. He's supposed to have, of course, his, uh, the love of his life, the, the three door Sierra Cosworth that Frank Mario used. He's hoping to get that ready, but they just didn't want to rush it in the end. So, uh, they've got a suitable substitution, which is great. Of course, we've got Chris Meek there. Um, so Barry Meek, Chris's brother, uh, a little while ago decided it'd be good fun to get some of their creations together. Uh, one creation was a rear wheel drive, uh, Ford Orion. That was used uh, in in Ireland on a couple of occasions. So, like an Al McShay used it. Barry McGuigan, the boxer, used it as well. And uh, so they, they got that gathered up and sorted. And also the Corsa that Sydney McBuilt, uh, which was an interesting little project. I suppose it was really designed for Spanish gravel. At the time, uh, Sydney McMotorsport were running uh, the Opel Spain cars and uh, he decided that he would build this project, uh, having ran a four-wheel drive vector at one point, I think. And this is only trying to remember things that are many, many years ago. I'm sure Ryan can help me out in a minute, but I think that's the concept of it. And he decided to build this Corsa. And the unique thing with the Corsa was you could change it from left to right-hand drive. And he reckoned, I was chatting to Sydney at the weekend, uh, Chris's dad, and uh, he reckons that two men could change it over from left to right-hand drive in an afternoon. Wow. Wow. I thought you were going to say, like, in service then. I was going to say that would have been, <laughs> that would have been mega. Just, yeah, just, just moving the wiring loom and things like that took a little bit yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. Just for the uninitiated, just explain, obviously, it's, it's, it's a display style event, isn't it? Just, just for, obviously, some of our overseas listeners just kind of understanding, uh, what the event was all about. Yeah, absolutely. I think it originally when Dr. Billy Crawford came up with the idea, it was a 50 year celebration of Paddy Hopkirk winning, um, the Monte Carlo rally. Uh, so that became a Paddy Hopkirk gala event. And then they decided, why don't we go to some of the traditional places that rallying happens in Ireland and drive some of the stages? Because as you know, when you go there in competition on the recce, you're fully focused. And of course, in the rally, you're not able to take in the scenery. Of course, some of the stages in Ireland are absolutely fantastic. The last one that I went to was in Donegal, and then with the small Donegal Deja Vu, that was uh, Donna Kelly's event. But uh, the one before that uh, used the classic Donegal stages, and this uh, was using some stages in Tralee, which the Circuit of Kerry would use quite regularly, but the Circuit of Ireland uh, only used those type of stages once, I think, in, in the area. But you know, along the coast, the wild Atlantic Way and some of the stages that are just phenomenal. Just, just, just briefly before we move on to the subject in hand, which I, I do want to talk about, just give us a quick list of who was there, drivers-wise, and co-drivers, uh, obviously. Yeah, well, drivers-wise, uh, it was Craig Brain and Patrick were number one, and then Chris was there, and Chris and his dad. Uh, started off and then it was Robbie McGurk who was a mechanic for Sydney Make Motorsport and Barry Make they were in the Ryan and they did swap around so they were uh, moving about Sid only sat in for the first uh, half an hour or so and then he 
maintained the service van and uh, generally kept uh, kept an eye on everything. Uh, John Archer was with him as well. You might remember John. or you know John from Hancock and, of course, uh, World Rally teams with Hyundai and people like that. But he was also part of Sydney Meek Motorsports. So it was great to see those guys. Uh, Patrick Snares, a regular visitor, of course, who I've met many, many times. He came over originally for Lurgan Park. So he was back again. And, uh, yeah, you had the like of Austin McHale. Uh, it's just a, a, a load of different people and, and co-drivers as well that, that were there. Um, and of course, the main thing was the charity, and uh, you may have seen all the press about Paul Nagel's helmet. So Paul came up with a brilliant idea with the helmet that he used last year at Hyundai. He took it to Portugal, where the 50th celebration was on for the World Championship, and got every world champion thing since 2000 to sign it, plus a few others. And that went up for auction at the gala dinner on Saturday night and raised €25,000. For wow. uh, local charities, that's in addition to the entry fees. There were 160 cars there, um, and it was just a phenomenal event. There were some other auction items as well. So, huge mm-hmm. amount of money raised for local charities, uh, charity, uh, ca- cancer charity, uh, cha- cancer recovery charity in the local area, and also. Um, Paul's boys are going to uh, play GA, so Irish football, if you like, and uh, there, there's some work that needs to be done there. So any overflow from that will will go towards that, and a huge mm-hmm. effort by everybody. But as I said, you know, it's just one of those events, and it's just absolutely living the dream. And you pull up the lunch hall, and you have a look around you at some of the cars there, like as an ex Chris Atkinson or rally car, and yeah, it's just you just go on and on about the old historic stuff as well. Okay. But no doubt there'll be plenty of videos on YouTube very soon and everybody can watch and, and marvel at it. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Trev, I'm, I'm aware we've only got you for a limited amount of time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to park Ryan ever so slightly for a second. Um, started something over the weekend, right, um, on Twitter. Right. So I watched um, the Jim Clark rally. Um, just fascinated i've always one of those events i've always loved and then uh, when i kind of sat back and reflected upon what i was watching it made me it, it just made me think so i started doing a little bit of digging a little bit of research and started looking at um the number of entries i, I did it 10 years ago i think I, I did it in 13 but um i did it, i was just i thought i'll do 10 years so i'll do minus 10 years and there was 26, I think there was cars in 2012 with 16 in the, uh, national cup section, if you like, which is the BRC challenge. And there was 16 of us. I was doing it that year. So there was that. And then I looked at what happened over the weekend and there was a total of 16 cars and we're 10 years on. Now everything else is booming. Everything else is booming rally-wise. People who are buying and selling rally cars are booming. They can't get enough stock in. I know that because I work with lots of people, different people. Teams are booming. Entries are booming on most events and things like that. Yet we we appear to be in the death throes, it feels like, of the BRC. Now, you were a professional co-driver. And all, you know, it, 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 all jokes aside, and I know we do a lot of leg pulling and everything else. You were a professional co-driver with a work team in the BRC. And I want your take, not only as a, as a, as a, as a former competitor, um, you know, professionally within the BRC, also as, 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 
as somebody who's got a lot to offer when it comes to obviously teams and budgets and all these things that you've worked on in the past i want your take on it a really succinct and i realize it's probably not what there's not a succinct way of doing this but i just want to hear what you've got to say as a former competitor and somebody who did it professionally yeah so and also as a fan of course because yeah, i yeah, back sorry, to of course, 70, yeah. 77 78 you know and the head of it was absolutely superb before the world championship existed where we got lots of very very fast drivers come over for the british championship and some irish Darmac championship rounds and and you, you could argue that was one of the headers of it as you as you say i was very fortunate in in the late 90s and uh the start of the, the new millennium to be part of that and with all the manufacturers involved it was absolutely brilliant I think um, my sort of questions around competitors for me it has to be uh, value for money for competitors first and foremost before anything else happens and uh, it just wasn't that for a while and um, yeah and it's just so many different events now and so many different championships and people have to uh, help the sponsors and get all of that and the publicity maybe is different uh, compared to what it was before. So traditional ways of, uh, of being able to add the value for your sponsors has changed and of course people need to adapt to that as well. But ultimately to get the numbers in, you're going to have to have some some sort of single make championship i think it's cost effective if you think of the days of uh you know the Peugeot cups and and those types of championships running as part of the brc um that definitely would help but um the jim clark rally as you know is just an absolutely brilliant rally fantastic you know up there the stages are brilliant uh, you could not fault it um, well, that's so ca- that's kind that's kind of why I picked it, Trev. To be honest yeah, with you, that's kind of why, why yeah. do people not want to go to that rally uh, in particular? Um, of course, they got the Reavers Rally, which I'm sure was absolutely flat out. It was, I'm sure well over 100 entries for that, which means that you know the event can work financially. But uh, as regards the British Championship, to go to that rally, I just don't understand why people wouldn't want to do it. But the only the only thing I can think of is just the cost involved of doing a, a two-day rally. I assume it was two days. Maybe it was only one day this year. Oh, well, it was, it was the Friday night, Saturday. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so it's a similar format to what we've, we've yeah. done before. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I use the events, and it's, it, this is nothing against the event, because I know the event the event did really really well there was a couple of couple of things that happened which we'll talk about in a second but this is more to do with people registering and putting their money where the mouth is and wanting to do um wanting to do the brc um uh, and i keep on you know i kind of started a bit of a thing on twitter and it's, it's kind of exploded a little bit and you know i really care about it i really really care about the brc because for me I still, it was my, it was, you know, I never kind of dreamed of doing the World Rally Championship. I dreamed of doing the British Rally Championship. That's how far out of, you know, grasp it was for me when mm-hmm. I was a kid. So, you know, the BRC was kind of the be all and end all to me. Uh, cause the World Championship was like being a Formula One driver. That was never going to happen. But the BRC was kind of that, that, that was, that felt real. That, that felt real. I felt we could do that. Um, and now it just, it genuinely just feels like, um, it's, it, it just feels like it's being 
there's like a manic, I'm going to use the term because I've said it on Twitter, so I, I'm allowed to say it. It kind of feels like there's a manic decline going on. What do you mean by that? I, I just don't think the hierarchy of, 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 of our sport and, and motorsport in the UK really care about rallying. I really don't. Uh, so thus, if, if it just kind of bumbles along the way it is, it will get to the point we've got, you know, we've got, we had 16 cars on, on there. If there's a few people trying to win a championship, we may lose a few more of those by the next round or, you know, various other reasons. So all of a sudden we could be down to, you know, 12 cars, you know, and that was kind of like a, a tongue in cheek joke of, of somebody running a 12 car as an example. Um, and if we get to that point, how many more people are going to want to do it kind of next year? And then if they haven't got the numbers, then the competitors have caused the BRC to be cancelled themselves. Okay. Um, so I, I do think at the top of Motorsport, Motorsport UK, they do understand the value of rallying. And if you know their background is rallying. So it's just whether that is... Um, it's just there's so much that those guys have to do. Uh, I'm not sticking up for them as such, but... As regards the British Rally Championship and having a format, you know, you look at what uh, what Ian Campbell has done over the last few years and before that, Mark Taylor, both guys with the right intentions and the right heart to do something that would work from competitors. And maybe not listening all the time to, to what people were actually saying on the ground, but I think it got to a point, you know, again, I haven't looked closely at the British Championship over the last two, three years, but... I remember it got to the point where competitors were saying, right, we need one day rallies now. Um, you know, we have to make it cheap where we're not, you know, you look at the guys at the top anyway, certainly with R5 cars, and and they just don't want to be away from work for that long. Um, um, y- yes and no. Um, now, again, um, um, there's, pe- there's plenty of people rallying in R5 cars all over Europe. I know because I do carnage for people. Okay. So I know how many people are going abroad to do rallies. Um, so there's pe- the, the, the people who can do it can do it. Um, so yes. But equally, as I said as well, you don't have to be in an R5 car to do BRC, Trev. Yeah, well, my, my only comparison, of course, is the Irish Tarmac Championship. Uh, I went to West Cork and the, the numbers and the quality of the entry there was phenomenal. Donegal, I have no comprehension how, uh, how they go about organizing and getting, selecting drivers for that one. But, you know, it's absolutely huge, the interest in it and the numbers that they've got. So why is that different? Can I that's, just, that's, just that's, that's the question, I suppose. Yeah. Can, I, can I just come in? Yeah. What we're forgetting here is that there was a 120-car maximum entry did the Jim Clark Rally. Not the Reavers Rally, the Jim Clark Rally. But we choose to separate the British Championship runners. In no other country do they do that. So in Belgium, if you're in a non-homologated car, you still do the main rally. In Ireland, if you're in a non-homologated car, you still do the same rally. Um I've, I've just been through the Belgian Championship, the French Championship, the Italian Championship, the Irish Championship. Yes, a lot of, there's a lot more homologated cars, but nonetheless, they're all doing the same rally. We choose to run a separate rally, and this has been a bugbear of mine for years, having four rallies, six rallies in a weekend. You know, how complicated is it? And there was, whatever, 15, 16 cars did the BRC, but there was 120 cars in that same rally doing the same format. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. So taking that on board, is that, is that just adding, is the, does that add to the confusion to the layman? Is that, is that the point you, you, you're trying to make there? Well, two, two things. Clearly people wanted to do that rally. They just had no interest in doing the BRC element of it, whether that was, I guess, increased entry fee. Uh, I, I don't know what was what was added by that. I haven't looked at that. But there was people wanted to do that rally and people did do that rally. They just chose not to be part of the BRC entry. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure there's costs associated to, to that. But what I'm saying is people did want to do that rally. And it shows that if we if we put on rallies of a high enough standard uh, that people want to do, they, they are doing it. Um, and there was also quite a lot of bar five cars and, and other homologated cars that were doing the Jim Clark rally that didn't do the BRC element of it. So yeah, it, 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 you're absolutely right. Of course it's, it's confusing because as I said, I've, I've just looked at say, something like, uh, the uh, rally to 2k French championship round that, that happened a couple of months back. There was, there was 200 cars in it, a hundred of which were non-homologated. Um, I've had a look at the Sassons rally, the last round of the, the Belgian championship. Actually, there was only about 80 cars started that. Um, and probably only, well, just, just a quick, quick stab. There was probably no more R5 cars doing it than, uh, what, what were out at the weekend and certainly no more homologated cars. But yet the rally looked strong because it had 80 cars there. Um, and, you know, again, for me, it comes back to let's let's organise rallies that everybody wants to do. And let's get everybody involved. Why are we segregating it? We have classes to do that. Yeah, um, no, and, that. And, and and that should naturally happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Trevor, I'm I'm, I'm conscious of time with you because I know you've got you've you've got other commitments this afternoon. Is there anything yeah. else you want to add to that? No. I, I, Anything like this, the the first thing you got to do is just go and canvas the competitors and ask them why they're not doing it. You know, if you if you speak to the people and find out, because I, I think it has to start with competitors. Clearly, you know, even Ryan and I, we went to the track road rally last year. We didn't enter in the British Championship part of it. Probably down to expense, Ryan, was it? Yeah, I can't. I can't really remember now, honestly. Trev. Yeah, and I think doing the night before and a light pod for the car, which I didn't have at the time, and yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So yeah, but the but the the entry fee was substantially about substantially more for doing one extra stage, effectively. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, or in our or in our case, would have just retired that night rather than the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> so that would uh, that would be my first approach if I was getting involved in anything like that. I would have to go and canvas competitors and ask them why they're not doing it. And you're typical competitors, you know, we know your views on it, but we need to get a collection of them. And uh, and then that's the basis for putting something together. It's like anything, you know, you got to offer value. If the value's not there, people aren't going to give you the money. It's like everything in life. Well, they don't see the value in it. Or don't, they don't perceive the value because you haven't communicated it well or you're not able to fulfill what you've promised. Then people are going to walk. It's, it's, it's like I said, though, that rally ran very successfully at the weekend. There was a lot of cars doing that rally. Fine. If it's a British Championship rally, the Jim Clark rally, but just let everybody enter the same rally. The rally's well supported. The rally looks well supported. You're either registered for points or, or you're not, whatever way it works. But it's this separating rallies within rallies, and it, it um, yeah, I, I just think it, it, it makes life very confusing for everybody. That's it. That's it sorted then. So if I leave you, you can just sort out the Northern Ireland Protocol now, and the yeah. job will be done. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, and I think that's where we should let you go. To be honest with you, yeah. because why would we have you involved in a Northern Ireland Northern Protocol? Why would we? 
Well, we? <laughs> Trev, I know you're busy, mate. Uh, we, we'll, we'll have you back next week. We'll have a proper catch-up then. I just want to get your take on this and also talk to you about Deja Vu as well. So, folks, we'll be back after this break. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to uh, a cheeky uh, interlude, should we call it, because we weren't actually going to have this little bit because we'd already done a record. But as I hadn't sent the recordings over to producer Al yet, um, it seemed really odd because we've not had him on for ages uh, not to have a little bit of a chat because not only is he involved with supporting the show, he supports lots of other things as well. And that's one of the reasons why I want to speak to him. Craig Parry, welcome back to Absolute Rally. How are you? Are you well? We're all right, mate. We're all right. We're all right. It's 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 been a busy one. We've been talking about the wise and wherefores of the BRC. Um, I forgot you're you're a former BRC champion. How do we fix the BRC, Craig? There you go. Oh, geez, I got enough on my plate to be worrying about that. Okay, well, that's fair, dudes. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. So um, we, we'll we'll talk about notes and stuff in a second, but. I wanted to talk to you about the, 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 the trackers, really. Um, obviously, you've been involved bringing trackers in. And, you know, there was a couple of instances over the weekend, for instance, on Jim Clark, where we had some some quite nasty instances. And, you know, the, 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 the trackers truly came into their own. I just felt it was something we probably needed to make people aware of what, what you guys have been doing. Yeah, uh, we brought um, the Sport Tracks uh, tracking system into the UK of 2019 end of 2019 we started doing trials through 2020 was going to be like the year where um we did more sort of trial events and stuff and just trying to get data of where the trackers were and how they worked in certain areas and obviously from one end of the country to the other um and we were fortunate enough to get some funding through the FIA um, through Motorsport UK, actually. So they were able to subsidise the cost of the tracking uh, last year with many of the events, just to, to obviously try and get them in into the events, and obviously for us to be able to get this data to make sure that the the trackers were able to work in the different areas, and also to give us a sort of an idea of um, the coverage from sort of. Scotland right the way down to the south so that that was the initial thing and we were a little bit unsure how they how the trackers would be taken on for this year but I mean the uptake from events has been huge and it's been uh, really encouraging to see how how, how everything's um, been so positive and, and obviously the events are, are really encouraged to take them on so it's um, I think we've ended up with about 27 events this year booked in with the trackers from from the start of February right the way up to the end of November. So, yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a, a very productive, proactive time so far. Just to just take us through, you know, I don't want to get into the whys and wherefores because I, I don't particularly, I'm not a massive fan of, of talking about accidents and things. Um, to be honest, it really doesn't sit well with me. But um, the, the, obviously what went on over the weekend and how important, I suppose, the tracker was. Just, just, just walk us through a little bit of that, please. Yeah, I mean, obviously, every car is fitted with um, a tracking unit, um, and there's an OK button on there. So if if they stop in the stage for any reason, they're meant to press um, the 
OK button if they don't require medical assistance, um, which is something we're trying to work on as well because the events have been really, really good with us and they've, you know, they've, they've taken on sort of the wording that we need and the regulations and and obviously the uh, instruction guides that they're putting on the sporty pages and within the regs. And even now they started to put them in the rule books, which is great. But we're still finding that we have quite a lot of people... Um, or a large number of crews that stop in the stage and they don't press the OK button within a certain, well, the minute is, is what the, the time scale is what they're trying to bring in for it. Um, so, I mean, you know, when you're there watching the screen and stuff, there's a lot of um, resources that get used up to try and find out what's going on with a car that's just stopped in a stage because obviously, you know, in your head, it's worst case scenario. They're not able to press. Uh, the SOS button, or you know, you always think of that thing. So it's, there's there's certain procedures that we have to go through before any sort of decisions are made um, by the organising team. Um, but all the information is out there, and you know, we just need competitors to to sort of um, read what there is and understand how the trackers are working, and also for both the crews to be able to um, understand how the tracker works. So that's quite an important part. But with with um, the incidents the weekend, there um, it was the actual the actual guys that pressed the SOS were the the next car on the scene, so they were the were the ones that notified us of the uh, SOS, and the stage was stopped immediately. And I believe you know the rescue recovery because it was only a mile into the stage, or so uh, the rescue recovery were were there within minutes. Um, and I don't know the ins and outs. I've spoken or had some 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 small contact with Oshan, so I know he's had some fairly um, heavy injuries, if you like, um, you know, with some broken bones and fractures and this sort of thing. So he's in uh, still in hospital, I believe. Um, so they needed assistance to get out of the car, but obviously. Uh, as you would have seen on, on social media and things like that, the car actually burnt out as well. So, you know, the father, I believe, uh, rang the organisers to thank them how fast um, a, a response was made. And he believes that it's obviously helped massively with, um, let's say, a positive outcome. Obviously, the accident was quite large and obviously there's, um, you know few broken bones and stuff like that and both the lads are in hospital which we open a fast recovery um, but still the, you know, the event acted as fast as they possibly could the, the uh, medical um, assistance was on the scene but like I say within minutes um, so yeah it, it, it really does speed up the process and you also see like now working within the, the offices um, and the rally HQs and stuff how how fast the the information comes in from the trackers, whereas you know over the years before the trackers turned up with the radials and stuff, and and all that is still an integral part of the safety procedure. It's you know with the guys on the ground, we all all need the marshals on the ground and the radio crews on the ground, but the trackers are just like an additional part of that safety feature, which can accelerate these SOS situations way faster than 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 generally what the radio crews sometimes can if you know if they're not in line of sight of the incident or or if the accident's happened in a remote remote place or you know for example if the car's gone off the road and they're not seen by competing crews um passing you know the sos button is is a, a great addition to the safety aspect of the event
Fantastic, fantastic. And do, do, I'm assuming that there has to be a hope and there has to be a need for, for this to be rolled out across the board now. Yeah, I mean, we're working with Motorsport UK. There's some steps coming this year um, for 2023. Um, but what we're realising is it, even though the, the, the trackers are on the events, um, and they have been now for the last couple of years, uh, or since last year really and then this is probably the full year that we've had um, with the trackers being taken on and with some events for the first time some events for the second time but it's the education uh, of it as well and that's something we're seeing throughout the rally not just with the competitors um, but we're, we've got some things coming um, towards the end of the year where we're hopefully going to be able to try and educate competitors a little bit more on using the, the tracker correctly um, and also not misusing it as well. You know, like we've we've had people pressing SOS buttons just because they've taken a wheel off or something, and you know, and that's not what it's for. Um, so education is going to be the key thing for this year going into next year. And um, I know Motorsport UK have some plans to start introducing it um, into like the 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 training sessions they have for marshals and radio crews and, and sort of officials moving forward because, you know, it whether it's us supplying trackers or, or somebody else supplying trackers, it is coming and it, eventually it will be an integral part and, and an, probably a compulsory part of the event moving forward in the years to come. So... I don't think anybody can have any argument with that though, can they? You know, it's just... yeah, It, it's, it seems mad that we don't embrace, you know, um, all these technologies as soon as we possibly can, and it's kind of took its time to come through. So good on you for the efforts that you've put into to, to, to actually get them implemented this far. Yeah, and, and you know, like from from my own experience of, of having, you know, obviously with the accident I had in 18, the, I know how, how um, quick things need to happen, and, and obviously with medical crews, and we were only doing a test, so, I mean, things were there on site, within minutes and you know within 20 minutes or so i was in a helicopter on my way to the to the hospital but like the guys that are competing you know that response time needs to be as fast as it possibly can and um and that's one thing that the trackers do allow is is a very very fast response and like like i say with the information that we get back from the trackers it can be you know if there's a lot of stuff happening on a stage or there's you know three or four cards that there's a lot of information coming back to us um, from what we're getting data-wise from the trackers and things. So, so yeah, no, they are they are great things, and um, it's like I say, it's thanks to the events as well for embracing them and uh, and taking them on and and sort of working with them for the future to to keep them there. Like, mate, great job. Uh, I thought it was important to check in with you. Uh, and thank you, obviously, for your efforts in, in, in all this and obviously the team that you've got working with you on this. So uh, thanks for sharing with us. We will get you back again uh, in the not too distant future, maybe talking about notes because we haven't done anything on notes for a while. Maybe we need to do that. Your, 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 your note wife, is it, are you the wife or the husband with you and Killian? There's no there's no postman or post box. Is that I suppose that's what no, we're getting at? No, 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 no that's no, that's no, all right no. there. Well, Killian Killian's no. normally with us quite a bit, so we maybe, maybe we need to do more with you. But Craig Parry, thanks so much for joining us on Absolute Rally. Okay. No problem. Always a pleasure. Happy days, folks. As I say, that was a little cheeky interlude that we, we we've kind of we weren't planning on doing, but I felt it was important. Bearing in mind what had gone on at the weekend, so I thought we'd get Craig on. Um, so we are going to go back to the chat we were having with regards to the BRC uh, after this break with Brimmel Pierce and uh, myself and Ryan Champion again. 
This is Absolute Rally. Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Hopefully Trev's voice will recover for, for his next meeting. Bless him after... Uh, do you think do you think he went a little bit wild on deja vu, right? Do you think perhaps there might have been one or two strong lemonades? Is that a fair? I, it, it does sound like there was a couple of lemonades to be had on on an evening because it sounded like there was a few people who like lemonade on that event. It's strong on, lemonade. On an Irish event, that's a Yes, yeah. yes, exactly, yeah. So <laughs> the other voice you can hear now is, is Bryn Moore-Pierce. Uh, Bryn, welcome back to Absolute Rally first and foremost. Thanks ever so much, Tony. I think it's been about four or five years, actually. I thought you'd forgotten me. No, it can't. No, do you know, (laughs) I reckon the last time you were on is when you were promoting one of the events you were putting on. So, yeah, I think it, think it would have been, yeah, probably four four or five years ago or something like that. But is that the one one in Wrexham? Uh, that was five years ago that yeah wow yeah i blame i blame covid sorry i apologize there you go (laughs) i lost two years of my life as everybody else did um but listen thanks first and foremost coming on you know obviously the subject matter that we've been talking because um because i put my hand up stupidly and tweeted something and then all of a sudden um these things tend to blow up um with regards to the british rally championship and we've talked about it um as i say with, with, with trev and to get his take on things the reason, other than the fact, obviously, because you've not been on for four or five years, as you've just correctly pointed out, is that you, obviously, you dropped us a message and also you tweeted about it as well. Um, the, the, the BRC, um, I believe is, 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 is it in a fork, fork in the road in its life? I really believe that at the moment, which is why probably I took to kind of saying something over the weekend. Now, there was a process and, and there was a process over the, over the, the um, the close season of obviously, um, the job was advertised and you, 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 you applied for the role. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, Motorsport UK sort of middle of December last year, I think it was, um, put up a post for a rally manager for the UK and that was, it was sort of it had two hats really, where one was to look after the BRC, um, promote it, encourage it, grow it um, for the future, and the second part was actually rallying in the UK and to make it sustainable and, and encourage the growth of that. So yeah, no, um, no great surprises I suppose to people that know me that I applied for it because rallying has been a passion for the last forty odd years. So, Brent, what, um, what, what did you want to take to the party, as it were? I mean, you, uh, you've been around rallying, like you said, for, for a long, long time now. So, uh, in applying for that job, what did you see that you could bring to it that hasn't maybe been done before? Yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting one, in honesty, Ryan. So, uh, it's probably worthwhile sort of looking back nine years, and even more so with um, what Tony put up this morning about the numbers that were on the Jim Clark this weekend, because that's brought it really home to reach the problem that, that we're facing. So when you go back nine years, Mark Taylor and the team uh, were running the BRC 
And it had its good points and it had its bad points and it had a field of DS3s which some people liked and some people loathed. But, but there was a little bit of depth going on there. And when you actually have a look at 2014, you had very similar numbers over the season to what we saw at the weekend on the Jim Clark. And then we had that hiatus in 2015, um, where most of all, MSA, as it was actually in 2015, wasn't it? Sat back and took a look at things. And then we had the bright new dawn in 2016, which, in fairness, was pretty good. I do recall sitting in a meeting in Manchester, and I think Tony was there as well, where we both brought up the fact there was a lack of depth in the championship. There was an awful lot at the top end in R5, and there was an awful lot of R2 focus, but there was a lack of depth across the classes, which, when you want longevity for something, doesn't bode too well. But it's, it's managed for you know four or five seasons since, lurching a little bit, it must be said, but, but doing pretty okay. But what I saw at the end of last year was um, an exodus of people, if you like, moving on to different things. The, the main person in my mind there is, is Ian Campbell, um, and some of the support team had already left the BRC. And what I could see was that the BRC was, for 2022, the season we're now in, you were never going to change things that late in the day. But... When they put the vacancy up, you had an opportunity for creating something great in 23. And what I proposed was a mix of things, really. So it was taking some of the nods from how cycling are doing things now, where they don't just create a race when they come to town, they create an event which, you know, with, with my background, and <laughs> we touched on events at the start of things, that's probably no surprise that I'd be thinking you know, an event rather than just a, another rally. But also taking a leaf out of, uh, you know, I, I do a little bit of circuit racing as well, and, and I have customers in circuit racing, taking a leaf out of series like the British Touring Car Championship or British GT, where it's a big series, it goes round, no one's actually there to create a real career. Okay, in GTs, a few are, but in touring cars, there's not a real career there. They're all putting money in, same as in rallying. But what people like Alan Gow, who run touring cars, have done is created a show. And it's a show that people want to be a part of. It's a show that fans want to see. It's a show that partner brands want to be seen at. And it's got a huge television package with it. So it was taking a mix from our own sport, from circuit racing, from cycling, and from other sports as well, and create. Oh, I think we've lost Bryn there. Hang on one second. Are you still there, Ray? I am, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, this should put this in 9.33. Let me add him. I bet he's on a cordless. <laughs> uh, let's ring him. Hello. And you're back again. I'm back again. Yeah. Okay, let's just make sure we're still I, recording. I'd pick up with Alan Gow somewhere somewhere there, Bryn. Uh, well, you want to start with the words Alan Gow again, yeah? Yeah, please. Yeah, so um, in, in, you know, series like BCCC with people like Alan Gow running in, what Alan Gow's done is created a real show for people where fans want to see it in their thousands. Teams and manufacturers want to be a part of it. Sponsors want to be seen at it. And you've got a huge TV package that goes alongside it. So it's taking a nod from both within our sport of rallying, circuit racing and, and cycling as well. And other sports, I'm sure, will come to life. 
Um, can I just jump in, Ray? Um, yeah. The, the, Go. The, 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 yeah. The, t- the TV thing I find I find interesting in the sense of um, everything. Everything is being kind of taken. You, know, you think about obviously WRC and what they've doing with live stream and stuff like that. Funnily enough, I'm a massive TT fan, and the TT is get, getting live streamed at the moment. Um, and obviously with 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 a highlights package. Um, what was what was your thoughts with regards? Cause obviously, you know, we're, we're all avid watchers of, of ITV4 as well when it comes to um, British touring cars as well. But we all know rallying doesn't really work like that, does it? So rallying doesn't lend itself to to that that kind of all day coverage. What 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 were your thoughts on that? What 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 did you go go as far as is a plan for that? I did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, in fairness to, to Motorsport UK, this this was all in the um, this was all in the presentation, which we never got to a point of submitting because they they closed off the rally manager vacancy role and they parted the role out to different departments within Motorsport UK. I'm sure they've got the reasons for doing that. So, so this depth is stuff that they, you know, we've never got the chance to share with them, really. Um, when it comes to TV, and, and I know you're not a big fan of circuit rallies, Tony, from last year. No. Nope. <laughs> um, it, it was actually taken a nod slightly from the past, and, and one very local to you and not a million miles from me, and um, it was Formula Rally, which, which I think you took part in, Brian, didn't you, back I in did, 2001? Yeah. When, yeah. We had, um, when we had foot and mouth. So Formula Rally um, had events like Rally of the Wirral. Um, there was, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the one down south now. There was Cash, there was there was Ashford and Kent, and there was Banbury. Yeah, I did Banbury. Rally, rally of Kent. There was Rally Banbury of Kent. Banbury, I was thinking of. It was Banbury. Yeah, rally, I was yeah. thinking of actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was using the traditional events, but adding in a couple of those, which are very easily televised in that format. Um, the the actual general out in the forest stuff. There's no two ways about it. That's that's a real nightmare to do. But it does need some sort of package creating it, regardless of whether that's coming, you know, an, an hour's worth of live during the day or an hour roundup or a half hour roundup of an evening over a two day event. My, and I, you know, you touched on, we're going to touch on WRC, I'm sure, and all live. All live's great, but all live just talks to the hardened rally fan. So it just talks to ourselves because I don't know any non-rally fans who are going to pay to subscribe to something to watch a load of in-car all day. It's never going to happen. And the thought process that you don't need terrestrial TV slash satellite TV anymore is the wrong way about it, to my mind. That's where you need stuff. I mean, online's great, have that as content, but you need you need it alongside it, not instead of it. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Right. Um, I know we, we, we joked about this only last week, but obviously in your time of what you were doing, especially, obviously, specifically about BRC, um, the TV packages back then, obviously, I think it would have been, you know, whether it be Channel 4, Greenlight, you know, doing the production, whatever it may be. Um, was that a major part of, of, of what you were selling to people when you were getting people on board? Um. Uh, I wouldn't say it, it was it was important to a degree, but I think like a lot of 
sponsorship deals in motorsport it's about what you can you know what you can offer to that sponsor how does that sponsor get value and to 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 purely say well it's on tv is is not really a um it's not really a quantifiable return for them because will you get tv time what what tv time will you get um it's it's more about what you can do for them for their brand, for their, uh, you know, their customers, uh, what's, what's the return in it for them. So, you know, t- TV, uh, yes, it, it's a part of it, but I would say it's more about building a relationship with that, that sponsor. And, and there's, there's so much more to that. And in some ways that goes back to what Bryn was just talking about. If you look at the drivers in BTCC, um, yes, there are manufacturers in there, but the manufacturers aren't paying aren't paying for those teams the manufacturers are supporting those teams the drivers are paying for those drives um so it, it's no different in touring cars but um the, there is this this great package um you, it's very easy to take guests to there's there's lots of fans there there's lots of spectators at the events seeing the cars um and 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 like Bryn said it, it's it's much more an event and i think inherently in rallying we've we've struggled with that because our rallies have always been tucked away in a forest and we've tried town center starts and things like that that are great but the rally needs to be based in a town for the for the weekend and and then the rally gets on board like it like it always did with the jim clark around around duns or um it's funny with tarmac rallies it tends to be much easier to do because you, you're based nearer towns and cities and you know we've seen more recently some of the new events that spring up they've already got a great following from from locals you know I, you know i was one of the first to say would we actually be able to get closed road rallies because surely there would be so many people against it but actually the local community seem to be really supporting them and and, and get on board with them and then you get local sponsors you get local companies on board and just with with gravel rallying in this country we've we've never really done that since it was a you know uh, obviously when in the old days of the rac there was there wasn't many sports competing it did have huge television coverage it was a massive sport but during since the decline of our world championship event uh, rallying's become more and more remote it's become more and more hidden and uh, and we just don't have this whole uh, event around the rally it, it's just literally become a rally yeah, that was, for, for competitors actually, I, sorry jumping in there i am um, slightly off tangent but i went to the plains um, to have a quick nosy around weekend before last and when you used to go up to Clocane or when a, a rally with 150 cars was on, going back a few years, you know, there was a real tangible buzz about the place. And in the main spectator area, if there were 60 people, I'd be amazed. Um, it, it's a very strange, a strange scenario that we're in now. And, and just sort of going back to BTCC, I'm not saying that we need to create rallying identical to BTCC, but to give an idea of what those drivers put in a driver registration for touring cars is circa 20,000 quid each and you've got 30 of them so it soon becomes clear how how all that package is funded and they're getting value for money as ryan says through the hospitality through the engagement through the business to business that they're doing within and outside the paddock there's a real sort of tangible benefit there but at the moment in rallying and, and brc's especially that just doesn't seem to go on and it's it's a real head scratch. Why? Can can I throw a curveball at, at, at the pair of you as much as anything? To be honest with you, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you first, right? Um, the BRC as it stands today, 
to some degree, if we time traveled back 20 odd years, um, would have all the arguments that it's the same mileage as an Ancro event. Ancro events, which was our other national championship for, for, for those who, who, who are either too young. If you are that young, I don't like you. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously, but, um, Ancro was, uh, kind of our second tier championship in this country. Um, it was for people who could afford world rally cars because world rally cars weren't allowed in the BRC at the time. Um, and, you know, we had all these different shapes and sizes and you have people like Marcus Dodd, um, Chris Mellers, all the, all these different people, all very affluent businessmen who could afford to do what they wanted to do in a world rally car. On, on, you know, very, very well organized on Manx National event, you know, I think a Sunseeker and things like that. Um, they weren't that reliant on the package and it almost felt like Ancro was, 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 was ram for them, if that makes sense. Am I off on that? I think, but I think it all depends on what we're trying to achieve with, with BRC. What, what is the aim of it? Yeah. You know, what is the aim of it? And, and it's like I said earlier, when, when Trev was on, we, we, at the minute, it's it seems to be trying to create uh, something an elitist package that does appeal to the aspiring driver, but but it's not working and it hasn't worked and nobody's using it as a stepping stone. Um, you know, so let's do we need to refocus and try and work out what we want? Surely we want well well supported events. You know, and interestingly, just just to go back to to the argument I, I was having before, if you look at the first round of the championship in, in Clacton, like everybody was involved in the same results as it were so whatever there was there was i don't know i can't remember what it was um 100 car entry or or whatever it was it was limited to 130 something like that and and everybody was in it whereas last weekend the brc was separate so it looks like there was 15 16 cars in it and and, and as i said for me it would be better to have big successful events that happen to be around the British Championship and, and yes there's got to be some element of, of what's different for, for the British Championship, I get all that and, but it needs successful events underpinning it, that's what I mean, not a separate rally that appeals to just 10 or 15 cars because it just you know, it, it just looks completely wrong and those people that you were talking about wanted to come to do a good rally, in the same people that all those people went to do the Jim Clark because it was a good rally yeah. Um. And, you know, the, the fact to, to those guys you run about, it happened to be around the BRC. Well, yeah, that was a bonus, but it wasn't necessarily the reason they were doing it because they weren't aspiring drivers at the time. They were just doing the highest profile rallies in the country. Is that, uh, I suppose I'll come, I'll, I'll bring you back in, Brim, from, from, from the point of view. What, what was your take when it came to, you know, what we were just talking about there, you know, kind of, I feel like now BRC is, is, is pretty much, you know, uh, almost a, a watered down anchor. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely used to love Anchor events, and I was lucky enough to do quite a few towards, not towards the end of its life, but probably early 2000s in um, Peugeot 206, the cup and that sort of thing. And Anchor was, was blessed with the fact that it had several of those single make championships as well. Um, it had the Mitsubishi Challenge, which, which I know Ryan did, um, 206 Super Cup. I think the Skodas were in there at one time as well, weren't they? But... Yeah, BRC has become, it is very much like a watered-down Ancro, and, and I know times change. The difference between Ancro and, and, and a BRC event is Ancro was an awful lot of single-use. Um, if anyone can remember those days, the single-use stages, which, which seems an eternity ago now, doesn't it? 
But one thing that I didn't mention when we're talking about the future of PRC before was, was the sustainability angle, which um, if you have those, a couple of those sort of showcase type events makes that a lot easier to achieve. And also what makes, and one thing I had done with that rally manager vacancy, I'd had a conversation with a low-cost one-make championship on the continent about possibly bringing that over to the UK, and they were open to the discussions. So the the possibilities are there. PRC has become a watered-down Ancro version, but, but the guys the guys with the big budgets aren't there, and, and a lot of them now are in historics, aren't they? They're all using variations on Mark IIs. And, you know, one that springs immediately to my mind is Hugh Hunter. He'd be a good case in point of a, you know, no, no disrespect to you. He's a friend, but he's he's a gentleman driver who's had world cars. He's doubled in R5, um, and now he's playing in a Mark II Escort in historic events. So, you know, we've got to go out, ask those people. You know, pick up the phone and talk to those guys. Why they're not wanting to do it? What's putting them off? Um, and that whole looking at the BRC as some sort of stepping stone and. I hate to use the, the, the phrase because it's not been used for a little while, but the whole ladder of opportunity thing, which was a real buzz phrase a few years ago. Is it necessary anymore? Does it exist outside of JWRC? I'm not really sure it does. Do we need it? Possibly, but I think one cheap-ish single make, no rallies ever cheap, and one mid-range single make, and you know, I'm thinking of Fiestas there off the top of my head, would probably bridge that gap quite nicely. Right. If if I was to wave a magic wand, I love these magic wand moments, um, and you were going to come back and do a season's rallying, and I said, right, I'm going to pay for you to do a season's rallying, what would you do with him? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, uh, well, it depends how much you're coming to me with, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess inherently well, then you go uh, from there. Well, are you uh, gonna go rallying uh, in the UK? What are you what are you gonna go rallying in, Ray? Um Well it's like you say, if you if you looked at the cost to do BRC in an R five car now, I'm guessing and I don't know, but I guess it, you're looking probably in the region of twenty thousand pounds a rally for a for a rally two car. Um you know, you could do an awful lot of rallying elsewhere for for that sort of money. Um and but but can I just sorry to and, and uh, you'll, you'll see where I'm going. Uh, it was it was a, a semi-loaded question. Okay, so that's always been the case, but yet there was people like yourself who still would have picked up the gun and went, no, I'm going to have a world car or a B13 car, whatever it, whatever it is. Is this the fact that the rise of the historics? Uh, it, it it probably is to a degree, uh, you know. But the fun the, the fun to drive, the rallies are fun. There's good competition, but but also, uh, you know, to me, part of what appealed about BRC was was the challenge of the rallies. Um, the obviously you're on your own pace notes. There was a recce. There were always two day rallies. There was always the, you know you're always going in the darkness. And and I know why that's changed. I understand the the costs of the longer rallies. Uh, um, you know the 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 difficulty in organising all that. But nonetheless, to me, that was part of why you did BRC because they were the longest rallies. They were probably the toughest rallies, and and they gave a challenge that you couldn't get elsewhere. Um, and and now most BRC rallies aren't in any way different to another rally you can do. Okay. 
Well, and I, I agree with that. I think there's, there's definitely an element that obviously we know the BRC rides on the back of some BTRDA events. And obviously we know what happened on Jim Clark. You know, Jim Clark would have ran, uh, without the, you know, the 15 or 16 cars that the, that, that the BRC brought. But just, just, just coming back to you for a second, Bryn. Um, the, the kind of magic one moment, um, with regards to, you know, the, the particular role that you went after. If, if, if we waved the magic one moment, went, okay, Brent, right. I want you to bring your changes in for, I want your three year plan. What, what would your three year plan be? <clears throat> well, it wouldn't start in 2023 now because we're in June, really. <laughs> 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 it's a bit late, late in the day for that one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Problem <clears throat> Um, no, it would, it would focus first of all on creating something that people want to be part of and be that a mixture of the events and, and how, how that's all promoted. That would be the first thing. Um, the second thing would be, uh, uh, well, it's probably equal first thing, actually. It would be bringing in some one makes. And I think that, that's probably key, actually, to rallying survival in the UK is there's just no real one makes now. And you, you have to kind of... I know it's at a different level, but you have to, have to kind of dot your cap to what John Goff's done with this new mini challenge. That you know, he's 18 months old and he's got 15 cars out on an event. Now, I know it's a different financial level, but it proves that people still want to do one makes in one shape or form or another. Um, so it would be definitely bringing in one or two one makes. And then, as I say, longer term, it's creating that platform that people want to be a part of and you know using the Alan Gow analogy again you know you have to you have to break a few eggs to, to crack a few eggs to make an omelette don't you um, and I think some people will probably get upset along the way but you need to be strong with the events not just picking oh well you know we'll have this one down here and we'll have that one over there the event itself needs to be strong and, and when I think of a strong event Ironically, it's a new event, something like Rally Bay, Ceredigion. You know, they've got a stage going through the middle of Aberus with Town Centre this year. I believe from what people are telling me, there's a sustainability plan um, and possibly something to do with EVs going on on the event. So they've really got it nailed on and they've got the future you know, properly within their eyes. And that's what we need across the board. So it would be a, a, a melting pot of all of those things. And as I say, you know, ideal world, it would start 2023, but probably 24 now, which is, you know, another season gone. But as it stands at the moment, BRC 23, will there be one? Any competitors? I'm really not sure. And that's quite a sad thing to say because, you know, BRC, when you're growing up, is was the pinnacle, you know, within uh, within the UK, wasn't it? It, it 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 was, and and that's kind of what you know, I was alluding to right at the beginning. I know you went with us at the beginning, but I said this to Trev. You know, I, I never ever, you know, I uh, maybe maybe this is quite sad in some ways, but I never uh, I never dreamt of doing the BRC. Uh, sorry, WRC. It was BRC no, for fine. me. I, I always yeah. wanted to do the British Rally Championship, um, yeah. and I know so many people who who, who, who felt that way, um, and it's just so. Uh, there's just so many people who are who are frustrated um and i think i think that the key to to all this is that there's so many people feeling unheard and i can say that because i can see the response that 
I've had on Twitter to some of the things and you know, it's kind of took on its own. It's, it's, it, it's running itself now, to be perfectly honest with you. I haven't said a word and it's, 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 it, it's, it's going on and on and on. And there's people like Callum Black com- commenting, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, these are, these are prime people, Jamie Edwards. Um, these are all people that you would think would be in and around the BRC if the BRC was, was there to go. And, and you know, even, you know, you know, even um, Marion Evans is, 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 quote, is, is quoted there as well. He's, he's, he's got involved. Of course, he did Jim Clark at the weekend. But just, just you know, these, these, these people who want to be doing it. But I just think what I don't want to happen, and it feels like we're getting there, is that people are just bored of, of actually complaining about it. So they're just going to leave it because I, I just think if it just gets left and nobody says anything, that's it. It's done. Yeah, yeah, no, and, it, and I think what it needs as well, you know, uh, bless me, no long with us, is a John Horton type character to bring it all together and and give it a proper push. It, it needs a strong character leading from the front, um, and hopefully we could get somewhere. But I don't know if if anybody knows what's going on next year. Yeah, right yeah. into the postcard kind of thing. <laughs> I, I think I think the other thing just just to mention as well is uh, like we talked about in touring cars, the the manufacturers are there supporting it, but not necessarily paying for it, and that's that's something we've certainly lost from VRC. It's, it's obvious to say we've lost manufacturers, and at the time they were maybe paying for teams, but. It's not just that. It's even if manufacturers are lending their support, that the marketing clout of a car manufacturer is enormous compared to anybody else who would be involved in that championship. So if if you get even you know um, a team that has some some official backing, even if they're not necessarily putting that much funding in, as long as they throw marketing behind it, it's huge. And, work, and, and, work, works blessed, I think, was the expression exactly. we once used, wasn't it? I, I, was works try, I was trying not to use that, ro- that, that word because I knew you'd pick up on me. But <laughs> just, ha- just having a quick look around Europe, just to pick up on what Bryn said, across Europe, in, involved in one make rallying still, you've got Suzuki, Peugeot, Opel, Renault, Toyota. Hyundai's got to be one that surely would be interested somewhere in, in doing a one make cup, you would think, with their involvement in rallying. Uh, obviously, we've seen M Sport support rallying in this country before. Um, there's a, now the, uh, of course, the Corsa Re Pan European one make championship as well for the electric Corsa. So there is one make championships out there within Europe. So there is manufacturers within Europe interested. Um, who's knocking on their doors? Who's having those conversations? Um, because like I said, they just bring so much to the party. I mean, if you look back at the old, yeah, okay, we, we can't go back to what the old days were like in terms of works entries, but often the likes of Vauxhall or Renault or, or Peugeot, whoever it was, Yes, they, they, they put a lot of funding into the team, but also they can lean on their suppliers. They can lean on tyre companies, lean on oil companies. Um, you know, they, they have a whole network of suppliers that then chip in. And uh, uh, like I said, as soon as you, you lose manufacturers, it's, it's not just that, that direct involvement from the car manufacturer you lose. It's, it's the whole supply around it. Just uh, just very quickly jumping in. I know this is probably the longest podcast ever, but um, you touched on the manufacturing involvement there, and I, and I know Ryan Ryan joined us, and, uh, and I know Tony knows about it as well. When we brought that toast over in 2016, that was TMG, um, or, or Toyota Kazoo Racing, as they know now, dipping their toe in the water um, with a view to 2017, where they'd have actually run a one-make challenge and Toyota UK would have gotten involvement. However, what they found, and it, and it goes back to that events just being a rally rather than an event like they got on the continent, 
um, was, you know, service parts scattered here, there, and everywhere, and no great buzz around it. So they never really fully committed after what they saw, you know, on and off in that first year. And there was budget there. There's no two ways about that. And that budget, in the end, ended up, ironically, going to touring cars. And that's why you see two Toyotas in big TCC now. So it was there for the taking. But it was, you know, we've got to look at ourselves as a sport for not capitalising on things like that. It's, it is a great shame. Okay, last thing before before we wrap this one up, because it can go on and on, and it will on Twitter. And as I say, I'm I'm, I'm seeing every time every time I put my phone at the moment to talking, someone else has tweeted something else. So we could go on and on and on about this. But um, right, I think you alluded to, or may even said this before, um, and I've said something. I was quite dramatic about what I think I can remember twelve eighteen months ago. I was saying this. I think it was basically coming out of COVID, but. Um, did you say too many events before, Ray? I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did I say too many events? Sorry. Yes. Um, I tr- well, Trev said too many events earlier on, and I mean we we've certainly seen uh, a thinning out of events, I would say. But what we're also seeing is is great entries uh, for for the you know for the good events, and um, you know that that's that's what any. The, the best championship in the country should take the best events and it should take the events that, that people want to do, as, as Brynmore said. So um, it, it uh, inherently should be the strong, thriving rallies that, that you pick for your, your best championship and, and <laughs> encourage people to, to, uh, to get involved rather than looking at, it, looking at it and going, well, why would I want to pay that? Why would I do that? Why? What do we have to do to get people involved? Not look at it as to uh, how do we make money out of it. Yeah. Okay. Brian, have you got anything else you want to finish with? No, just, um, it's almost sounds like a begging message now, but, not, but honestly, um, the passion is still there for me. The willingness is still there. would love an opportunity to try and get something going, get the BRC back to the heights that it deserves to be. So if anybody's listening and actually wants to have a conversation, you know where I am. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, do you know what? I think there's a whole ruck of people, though. I I don't know of any one person, even the people who've kind of uh, have got involved on Twitter and I know people I've spoke to over the years as well. I have not spoke to one person that wants the BRC to fail. No. Everybody wants it. Everybody... We're, and, and again, I'll, I'll finish on this uh, to, to some degree. The reason why I kind of got the, the bear that probed me, so to speak, and, and I mean that with the greatest respect, was Christian Solberg, who tweeted yesterday. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it kind of made me go, hang on a minute, people on the outside now are looking in. It's like, it, it almost feels like it's been a secret of how bad it is. And now there's people looking in going, yeah, your championship's not what it should be, is it? Um, and that that kind of was the thing. Now I went, mm, okay, that we maybe we need to start doing something, um, or maybe we at least need to start the conversation anyway. But there you go, um, folks. This will run on and on and on and on. Um, we will talk about it more, I'm sure, in the future. If you want to email in studio absolutely.co.uk, um, by all means, get involved with that. Um, Ryan Champion, you are now officially stood down. Also. Thank you very much. No problem at all. And Bryn, thanks so much for joining us, and, and it won't be so long next time, I promise you, okay? Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. No problem at all. Folks, we'll be back same time, same place, in the podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally. Spread the word and download the podcast every week. Mm-hmm.